Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another episode of First of the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Alongside me, fellow Van Gundite, it's Wayne Spoonie. Spoonie, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm a yeah, both Gundies. Give me them both. I love those guys. Yeah, I'm a huge disciple of the whole Van Gundy nation <laughs> yeah. there. Um, look, before we get into it, Spoonie, you obviously you're a writer, you're a columnist for the Celtics blog. Have you got any new pieces coming out that you want to plug? I got a deep dive. This is going to be a novella by the time it's over. Part one, comparing Jalen Brown to other star scoring wings should be coming out tomorrow or Tuesday. Give that a look. It's a lot. There's a lot to it. I put a lot of work into it. Uh, I hope it's not so long. No one wants to read it. So please go read it. I would really appreciate that. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely go check it out. I've, I've said this too many times on the podcast, Spoonie, but love your work. I say it to, to wrap up every podcast, but but genuinely everything that Spoonie puts out in written form and otherwise is, uh, is well worth a look. So go check it out. Celticsblog.com from tomorrow, it sounds like. So let's get on to the, the news of the day, if you will. This guy, Jeff Van Gundy, has been brought on by the Boston Celtics as a uh, senior consultant. Now, as how this news came about, I guess, is an interesting place to start. Initially, uh, it was thought to be discovered by uh, Reddit user Grumpy Allen, uh, but then they credited Celtics Post on Twitter, who initially broke the news simply just by, I guess, at some in some way or some form, browsing the Celtics staffing website and seeing Jeff Van Gundy listed at the bottom there um, as, a, as a senior consultant. But uh, a few months ago, the NY Post, the New York Post, reported that Van Gundy had had talks, quote unquote, with the Celtics about an assistant coaching role. And then I believe another Reddit user <laughs> spotted <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy at Logan Airport a few months prior, but that's, uh, that's news for another day. Spoonie, just your, your thoughts in general. It's a bit of a slow news day, but this is a, a notable name, a notable personality being brought on by the Celtics. Yeah, I... I think ultimately what's really important to keep in mind is the role he's hired for. He's not an assistant coach. He's not on the staff. He's a spe- special consultant. And having worked with various levels of consultants in my professional career, uh, you know, <laughs> a high percentage of them are not particularly useful. I just say that or not a- a- as useful as how much they charge. So uh, I think Van Gundy will be a good person for Joe 
to bounce off like I'm having this problem getting used to NBA coaching like or how do I get this player to listen to me and then JVG can say like well these players these days you know they're nothing like my old teams he's you know we used to really have battles and fights so i don't know i don't know what to know but uh i mean i just i'm not he's been he's not been a coach for a very long time uh you know he's been behind the broadcast mic for for a while now i love him in that role so i was actually sad to see him go and get yeah. laid off uh but I, I just i don't anticipate he's gonna play a huge role but he's probably a nice guy that joe can give a call every couple of weeks just to be like hey you got any ideas got any thoughts and I think the more high-level basketball minds, because JVDG does have a high-level basketball mind, the more you have them available to Joe, I think the better. Yeah, and he certainly he has been sort of uh, keeping up with the Kardashians in the in the coaching uh, world. Mm-hmm. He's sixty-one years old, but he's been uh, serving as an international coach. So for the twenty seventeen FIBA America Cup tournament, as and as an assistant coach for U.S. men's basketball during the twenty nineteen. FIBA World Cup and the 2020 Summer Olympics. Uh, he's already worked with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as well directly on the 2019 FIBA World Cup team as well. So he has some experience with our, with our main guys. He, he's kept up uh, in the coaching side of things a little bit and has definitely been yeah. flexing that knowledge on the broadcast. But like you said, like he hasn't actually been like an NBA coach for like what over a decade now or more. Yeah. Um, he has had some, some notable highlights uh, as an NBA personality, we're going get to get to one of them right now. Rebound, New York. And fists are flying at the other end. Larry Johnson is one of them. Here we go. And both of those guys will not play. We might have a new first of the floor uh, favorite, right? I believe Van Gundy in that particular instance was the first of the floor and probably the, the last off of it as well. Um, are you familiar with some of these these scrambles that Van Gundy has found himself in as a coach? I, I, I've I definitely seen that one. I mean, he's a fiery dude, man. Uh-huh. Like he is. You can, It even comes through in his broadcasting. Like when he gets on a rant of something he truly dislikes, like he lets it be known. I, I think that's why he was so polarizing because some people hated him. I, I, I'm one of the people who loved him. I thought he was hilarious. I thought he had kind of a unique personality um, and he was a good foil to Mark Jackson in a lot of ways who kind of is just a cliche master and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of a hype guy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know he's a legendary coach. I was not following the Knicks particularly closely back then, <laughs> so I can't say I was like watching these games live. We probably didn't even get them. Uh, so but yeah, he's just like a legendary basketball personality when he was a coach and in the broadcast booth, which is just fun to have around. Yeah. So you mentioned coaching there. So before broadcasting, he was a standout NBA head coach where he compiled a 430 to uh, 318 record during his 11 seasons as coach. This is from the, the Brian Rob write up on MassLive.com, including stints with the Knicks and the Rockets and Van Gunn. He's also helped the Knicks reach the NBA finals during that 1999 lockout season before uh, falling to Tim Duncan, David Robertson, and the Spurs there. So, yeah, I mean, the thing that I like about him in terms of how it applies to the Celtics here is, first of all, like, you'd have to imagine that he would have had plenty of options in terms of the direction that he could go in career-wise. The fact that he chose the Celtics, I think that bodes well for the culture that's been instilled by Brad Stevens and everyone in this current era, and, like, all the pieces that, I, I guess, have been, like, meticulously put in place to form this iteration of the team. 
I don't want to say he could have gone anywhere, but I'm sure he had a lot of options and he chose the Celtics. Um, I would love to know a lot more about what that conversation looked like. And would certainly love to know uh, a lot more about what his role is going to be in the upcoming year. It sounds like he's going to be spending some time with our G League team as well, the main Celtics, which is interesting and might bode well for, yeah. for Walshy there. Um, but I don't know, unless you've got anything else, we can, we can probably just move on. There's not really a lot to get to. Slow news day. Yeah, yeah. That No, I, I really don't have any other takes other than JVG would have loved Walshy on those Knicks teams. All right. Well, folks in the chat, and if you're listening later, let us know, are you or are you not? a Van Gundy fan, uh, Jeff or Stan, uh, Jeff in particular, who have just brought on board a you know, pretty divisive character. So interested to hear what folks have to say there. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1. All right, Spoonie. Shorter pod today. This is the the last thing we're going to get to, and we're going to try and drag it out for, I guess, 15, 20 minutes now. There's two preseason games remaining, Tuesday night at home versus the Knicks, and the final game on the road against the Charlotte Hornets. What are the top three things, and you can go longer if you want to, given how quickly we're, we're rushing through this, the top three things that you want to see from the Celtics on or off the court and the remaining two preseason games? Do not tempt me to have more, Ben. We are, we want to wrap it up in a half hour, a little <laughs> yeah. over. We will yeah. be here a while. All right, let's go. Um, all right. So the the first thing, uh, and I think this is more for the Tuesday game because I, I doubt a lot of the actual like starters are going to be playing in that Charlotte game. Um, I want to see JB and KP pick and rolls. Mm. So over the last two playoffs combined. We're 6.8 points per 100 worse when Tatum sits. Plus 4.5 when he's on the court, minus 2.33 when he is off. I feel like JB, and look, you know, he sits for nine, 10 minutes in a playoff game. But the margins in playoff games are so narrow. It's like one run in the third quarter can flip a 10 point lead to a two-point deficit, and then all of a sudden you're chasing the game and it's just entirely different. Uh, So while those 10 minutes don't seem like a lot, they are a small portion of an NBA game, they can mean everything when you're in a seven-game series. And I think the key to unlocking the Celtics when Tatum is off the court, and Drew helps with this quite a bit, but it's got to be Jalen Brown. And Chris Stapp's Porzingis is going to make his life as a pick and roll ball handler so much easier just because KP can so do so many things. We've seen him catching lobs. We've seen him catch it in the short roll and crossing people up. We've seen him popping and burying threes from three feet behind the line. He is an offensive weapon, but bigs like that, they can't get themselves the ball, right? They're not like Tatum. You can just give him a pick and let him go to work, right? KP's not that type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Drew, 
is is great, but when it's game six in the Eastern Conference Finals, I have a feeling the ball is going to be in J- Jalen Brown's hands as opposed to Drew Holiday's. And sure. look, Drew's had his playoff struggles with scoring the ball, so I think it makes sense for it to go to Jalen Brown. And they just need to build that chemistry. They need to get that muscle memory together. So when it is those high leverage situations like the first three minutes of the fourth quarter in a six point game, if you can extend the lead while Tatum sits, like that just raises your ceiling as a team so much higher um, than when it's like, okay, JT's sitting. Let's hope we can play him even. Um, and like, if you could just take advantage, like, you know, in the, in those Warriors finals, like if we could just killed them when Curry sat, that would have been so valuable. Um, and so I, I just really want to see that. I want to, it needs to start now. Yeah, that's huge. So you want to see a, a solution to the whole pants shitting situation that occurs whenever Correct. Tatum goes to the bench. And then <laughs> yes. like secondary to that, you want to see someone else capable of feeding Paul Zingas uh, and putting him into successful situations outside of, of Tatum while Tatum sits as well. I do think if there's any person who can unlock that ability from Jalen Brown or anyone other than Tatum, it is Paul Zingas just in terms of, I mean, we've talked about all of this already so much, but his gravity on the court and just the fact that he's like a fucking skyscraper out there. So in terms yeah. of getting him the ball off of that roll or a post up or whatever it may be, surely even Jalen with all of his uh, unco- uncoordinated flaws when it comes to coordinating an offense, um, surely he can, he can lift him out of that funk. Um, I think that's a really good one. I would love to see that as well. And so much of that is just like, can we see these guys on the court like for yes. <laughs> long stretches of time between now and when the regular season starts? So I think that's a really good one. I started at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I would like to see love some it. fight from Luke Cornett. Like, is he too comfortable, like too secure as the quintessential locker room guy? Maybe because like we haven't really seen any hustle or grit or tenacity from him. You might say, well, it's the preseason. I might argue, well... Like he should be fighting for minutes. He should be fighting for his position. He's on a non-guaranteed deal. He doesn't have a guarantee, dude. Yeah. Defensive rebounding percentage in the preseason so far. Again, it's the preseason. I'm just going to use that qualifier one more time and then it has to be assumed for everything else that we discuss on this podcast. Defensive rebounding percentage for Luke Cornett, 10.6%, which puts him, I I sort of filtered NBA stats of centers who are playing between 12 and 18 minutes in the preseason so far and Cornett is nestled comfortably in between that minute range and he's like bottom, bottom 10%, like floundering below competition, which, and there are even more unrecognizable names in that list than than Luke Cornett. So that's just the defensive rebound side of things, but that's really the least that we should expect from him, I think. He's the largest American-born player in the league, or at least by height standards, uh, and he's just not grabbing those rebounds. And then, like, can he catch a ball, please, on a roll? Can he please just not have Butterfingers yeah. for once and actually catch? The, we've found him in some good positions offensively a number of times so far in the preseason, um, and he hasn't been able to catch the ball. So I would like to see a complete 180 turnaround from Cornette's perspective. Okay, I have one that's like extremely related to that, so what we can just maybe ball it up all okay. together here is I had down, I want to see more Kata and I want to see more Wayne and Gabriel mm-hmm. because I agree, like Luke Cornette has not exactly snatched the opportunity and run with it. I will say I, I trust Luke more 
being that handoff get guy like he does set really good screens but once you're digging down to like well he sets great screens like and that's the one positive yeah. like you're really <laughs> scraping the bottle of the barrel for what this guy is doing well yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's just there's just no excuse not to rebound it at least like a slightly below average level like dude there are like point guards who rebound better than 10 percent defensive rebound percentage man um so I just I don't know what's up with him. I wonder if you you hit it is like he just feels like I was here last year. I played okay last year. Like I know I'm gonna make this team, but Kata like I'm not a Kata guy. He's breathing down his neck in my opinion at this point. Like I've been fairly impressed with him on both that. Well, defensively I'm concerned, but not like Luke is some shutdown big uh, or some two way player. So like Kata I think looks springier offensively. Yeah, and like I don't, I want to be careful not to go in too hard on Cornet here because I, I love the guy personally. Not that I know him at all, but Cater, like yeah. he doesn't look like he's entitled out there for the, to his minutes yeah. and to his possessions and his touches. Whereas Cornet, yeah, like I mean, how much weight do you put into this? Like he's clearly such an important part of the locker room, and you think like game. 57 on the road in Detroit and you've got guys like Luke Cornett in the locker room just like keeping the vibes high how much weight goes into that and therefore like how much does that detract from his overall level of urgency when it comes to on the court stuff I mean Brad Stevens does not seem to give a shit about like you know what I mean like oh this guy's good in the locker room like that dude is ruthless he's just yeah. traded Marcus Smart you <laughs> know <true>. like <laughs> nobody is safe especially dudes on non-guaranteed deals so I, I don't I, I don't know like do you think he's weighing that maybe because it's a deep bench spot but I don't know dude like I think Brad's like if there's a better player we trust our guys and our culture is good enough that like we can just shuffle these chairs and hope we find somebody that pops yeah, I mean, I think you're right on Brad Stevens. He obviously sees things differently to us. That's why he's awesome yeah. at what he does and in the role <laughs> right, that he's right. in. And I'm podcasting from my attic here in Australia. But uh, We'd have I mean, IT on a Max if we were in charge. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'd be in big trouble. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little early to tell, but I just, I'm surprised not to see Cornet going harder, particularly like with the championship vibes around the team and what the expectations are. Um, it's just a shame. So maybe we can put it down to a slow start. Maybe he'll he'll turn around because we don't expect much of Cornet, but I certainly expect more than what we've seen so far. So we kind of just merged two of our points there, uh, but I technically went last. So do you want to throw another one at us, Spoonie? Real quick uh, on Gabriel. I think he has looked atrocious. Mm, agreed. But I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's entirely his fault, right? Because like his game is like setting screens, rolling hard to the rim, playing super hard, and rebounding. And like he's getting out there at the end of preseason games when it's already devolved in essentially like a YMCA pickup game, right? And like that dude is not super valuable when it's a pickup game. Um, but he could be valuable when you surround him with better players and he, you know, they they do all the stuff he's bad at, and he can just concentrate on doing the things he's good at it's almost like jared vanderbilt he's like a worse version of vanderbilt where like vandy is good at like a bizarre set of skills but when you surround him with lebron and ad it shines 
Because, okay, dude, you go grab the hardest matchup on the other team so AD doesn't have to. AD yep. can just protect the rim. Like, you get your nose in there and and get us offensive rebounds and, and win extra possessions so AD's not banging around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you make sure you're boxing out the biggest guy on the court so we're not racking up miles on LeBron. Like, that's where his value comes. And then when you just toss him out there for the last five minutes of a game where, like, Peyton Pritchard's just crossing people up and like throwing 33 foot threes in like he's gonna look bad and he touches the ball twice and of course he like fumbles it once he's just clearly not comfortable he's a better player than he's looked so i i want to see more of Kata and i want to see more of him yeah absolutely so seeing those deep rotation guys or guys who will have already fallen out of the rotation getting more minutes at least yeah. in the preseason with with key rotation players so was that officially yeah. point number two or is that a bonus point that that was the bonus. Right, my mine was love like it. more of Kata and Gabriel because Luke. So I'll, let me throw my last one out here. Then I just want to see Joe mess around with lineups. Mm-hmm. Like Lamar Stevens played the five in that first Philly game, and it like sparked that like bench units comeback to win the game. Like let's see that again. Like you just you don't know what some of these guys can do when they're put in weird positions until you put them in weird positions and figure it out a little bit. Like I thought Stevens looked all right at the five. Like who knows? You might need that look for three minutes in a playoff game, or you might need that look when you're resting Horford. KP has got like a one week injury. And then it's like, it's Luke Cornett playing 48 minutes a night. Uh, no, probably not. Let's see what Lamar, can Lamar give us 15. Let's yep. try it. Like he he's done all right before. So I want to see some weird lineups. Like, Pritchard, Hauser, Drew Holiday, Tatum, KP. Just like, let's just see what that looks like. Um, Another one, like, get me Svee a little more involved with the star players. Like, I feel like he's not played with the stars at all. He barely played in that first game. So, like, give me the non-Tatum, just surround Jalen with, like, great decision makers. Derek White, Svee, Jalen Brown, Hauser for shooting, and Al Horford. Like, what does it look like when Jalen Brown has, like, three great decision makers and Hauser spacing the floor. We don't know yet. We have no idea. So like, I just want to see some weird stuff, Joe. Like, don't don't go through your normal. Like, here's my nine man regular season rotation. Okay, it's the second half. Bring out the, you know, end of the bench, like Uh mix and match. See what happens. Why not? You got two games to experiment. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the preseason. Like, show me heliocentric Tatum point guard with Svi and Hauser out there. You know, and Horford and, and Porzingis. Yeah, exactly. Just like crazy <laughs> oh, shooters yeah, all around here. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, it just doesn't seem like Joe's modus operandi to to do that kind of thing. He's he's more structured than that. But um, this is Celtics porn to me, Spoonie. Like th- this, these yeah. kind of spicy lineup shakeups yeah. <laughs> are uh, are what I'm all about. So that, that's a really good one. My second point is: Can we see just one efficient Jason Tatum game that includes the following? 38% or higher from three. That's, I don't think that's mm. asking too much of an all-NBA no. first-team player who has reportedly been working on his pull-up three all offseason again, and his wrist is fine again. 38% from three would be great. I'd also like to see three or more assists out of a Tatum-Porzingis pick-and-roll, whether that's two Porzingis or someone who opens up on the wing or the corners. I want to see that action run multiple times. I feel like we're going to see it spammed a lot throughout the regular season. Can we settle our nerves about team rebounding with Jason Tatum, have him come in and return to his sort of fairly dominant defensive rebounding form that we've seen for the last two seasons? He led the team in rebounding last year, I believe. And then can we see three or more post-up attempts in a game 
from Tatum. We actually have seen that in the preseason already in the, mm-hmm. in the game that he did play. A, B, C, and D. <laughs> those things I want to see as part of my, my wish list for a Tatum efficient game. Yeah. I am fascinated to see the post-ups. I think that's the thing that I especially... I, I trust he's going to get back to the rebounding, the three-point shooting. I'd, I hope so. We need um, it. Man, it would be so nice if he just went like five or seven from three in like two and a half quarters on Tuesday night and then just is done for the preseason. Yes. Like it would make me feel so good going into the season. <laughs> like, okay, he's got it. We're fine. Even though I know it doesn't matter. He can go one of eight and it's still not going to really matter. But we need this, Jason. It's for us, our psyches. It does it not actually matter a lot? Like, please tell me. Maybe I'm overthinking it, as I tend to do. But, like, we do need Jason Tatum, uh, amongst everything, to really take that next step. Everyone's talking yes. about it. People um, within the team are talking about it. We need him to take that next step. And without his three going down at an efficient clip, it's not going to open up the rest of his game. It's not going to open up games for people he's sharing the court with. Like, we do need his his three to return to form to some degree. Uh, you know, spot ups and catch and shoots and all of the above without that happening. Like that's not Tatum taking the step that we need him to take. So I feel like it's, it's really important. And I just want to see just a little glimpse of it in the, in the preseason here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you mentioned the post-ups and it looked like Joe made a, an effort to get him in the post in that first Sixers game. Um, and I think KP had a few post-ups and Drew had a few post-ups that game. So I wonder if it'll be a bigger part of the offense. It's kind of weird to say like the post up is, you know, it's dead or whatever. But if you have a guy that can draw doubles down there every time, it's not like it's not like, oh, we need him to take nine shots out of post ups. It's like we need him to take two and get five assists out of it because Mm -hmm. they're going to be sending help. And it's just such an easy way to generate offense and the chance of getting your pocket picked is much lower because you know what I mean? Like your back is to the defender, like the heat, even the heat can't swipe your dribble in that situation. Most of the time. (laughs) Touch wood. So yeah. Yeah. How many do you want to see from him? Three, five, minimum three a game. We saw three in the first preseason game and all of them generated scoring and whether it was either scoring yeah. the, the bucket you know, off the floor in that moment or getting to the free throw line or an assist, they all generated scores. Uh, 100% success rate as far as I'm concerned. So minimum three <laughs> per game in regular season minutes and depending on the success going forward, like potentially more. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think he did. I think he averaged one a game last year and was like the 99th percentile yeah. in efficiency, <laughs> which is like just begging to do it more often. Like obviously with volume, f- efficiency is going to get reduced, but like you are not hitting the optimal volume efficiency mix if you are doing one at 99% efficiency. Like that needs to level out. Like if it's four, three, four game and it's 80th percentile efficiency. That's still incredible. Like mm-hmm. that is that's even better than one <laughs> at ninety nine. Um, so I, it was almost shocking how little we went to it. Especially, I think it's a great way to attack a zone too. Like get him on that, like at the free throw line, free throw line extended, kind of in the high post. He's good from there as well. Um, and it does kind of allow you to survey the court a little bit, slows the game down for you some. 
Um, and it just gives Miami a different look. And I mean, that's hopefully we don't have to worry about them, but I just have this sinking feeling we're going to. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point with the the zone. It's not something I've got on my list of, of things I want to see in the preseason, but I would like to see us successfully attack yeah. a zone to the point where the team that we're playing against needs to go away from that zone. That's what I would consider a successful response to the the troubles that we've had with the zone in the last couple of years. And the first look I'd like to see there is just Porzingis at the nail, dump it into him, allow the zone to collapse, and then go from there. We haven't really had many zone defenses thrown at us, if any at all, so far this preseason. So we haven't really had an opportunity to see that. So that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, I want to see us go zone too on sure. the flip side of things. And we have we have a little bit. I think it's something we'll see. But I have I have one more. If we want to, if we want to get to it, yeah. that there was a comment. I'm sorry, I don't know who said it, but uh, he said, "I want to." Oh, it was uh, Tommy here. I want to see Drew Holiday with the starters. I want to go one step further. I want to see like seven minutes where it's like Drew Holiday heliocentric offense without Tatum on the court. Okay, and see what that looks like too. Like I- I'm really concerned about the non-Tatum minutes, um, and like Drew is a way to solve that. Um, like I said, I think in playoff games, it'll probably be JB, but like, let's see what Drew, get Drew comfortable in this offense handling the ball. Cause clearly he's not been right. Like, and that makes sense. He's, I don't think he's going to be comfortable for a while, but one way to get someone comfortable is lots of reps in game situations. And the preseason is low risk time to do that. So like, dude, seven minutes Drew, you're running two pick and rolls of possession. If the first one doesn't work, like pick out passes, get to the rim, take pull-ups, green light, buddy, go absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. Throw him in the deep end. Teach him how to yeah, swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, right. I think that's that's that would be really good to see. Um, I'm not as concerned about the, the non-Tater minutes, but only because of the personnel that we now have. But you're mm-hmm. right in that like, we haven't actually seen that in practice yet. So- now I'm worried, Spoonie. Maybe I should be more concerned about the non-Tater minutes, but that would be a great way to quell those concerns. It's just, yeah, like you said, throw them in the deep end, force them into every offensive action, and uh, and see what comes of it. That's a good one. Um, do you want me to wrap up here on my, on my last one? No, yeah, you're on your last one. Yeah, All right, I cool. Think so. Uh, so last one for me, uh, three of three. Can we see an eighth man pop on the roster? And like, we've sort of touched Ooh. on this already in this conversation and certainly on previous podcasts, but can we just go into the regular season with a solid eight-man rotation? Obviously, number six and number seven is, is I guess, Horford, all white, and then Pritchard. But who comes after that? Who's going to solidify by themselves at number eight or nine or even 10? We're not really sure. So whether that's Samuel Hauser, House money, four of nine from three last game. Can that hold true? Whether it's O'Shea Brissett or Lamar Stevens, can they settle in a little bit and find a groove? Can O'Shea's tenacity plug into what our starters do? And can he do the dirty work for them and enhance their game and force turnovers and gain extra possessions? Or can Delano Banton limit his mistakes so that he and Pritchard are truly interchangeable when it comes you know, to offense-defense rotations from the, the point guard perspective off the bench there for, for Joe Mazzola. So I would like to see those guys just solidify themselves and you know, that 7-8-9 that role there. I don't think we've seen enough of that yet. Yeah, well, maybe it's V, right? Like V absolutely has probably played the best of that sort of collection of wings outside mm-hmm. of Hauser. Um, I think Hauser's going to get the first crack at it. I would be shocked if he's not, but he hasn't exactly blown people away. Um, defensively, uh, I'm really interested to see if Hauser repeats last year 
defensively because I think there's a chance he could regress a little bit as teams have some film on him. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when you're new, right, and you look kind of like a goofy six seven dude like hauser does right we saw teams being like oh the way to attack this guy is just get the switch and go right by him and that didn't work but there is ways to attack people other than that like we you saw us attack trey young with like off ball stuff make him go through two picks and he just can't and i don't know if hauser can really navigate a couple pin downs of possession like that's really hard to do not a lot of guys can my guess is he probably can't so (laughs) i mean yeah, if and I, I mean, I'm not concerned about the shot, but I am a little concerned defensively. And then you look on the flip side. Well, that's where Brissett and, and Stevens maybe can make their hay if the shot just goes down a little bit. But you're right. It's like a morass. Like there's no guy <laughs> like Hauser has again, like Luke, he's not seized the moment at all mm-hmm. either. So um, I, I hesitate to put a little too like too much into preseason, but like. Richard is evidence of what it looks like when you just grab the opportunity and take it, right? Like, I, I don't know if we would have considered him nailed on seventh man going into preseason. Now you said it. And I was like, I didn't even think twice, dude. Like, of course, Richard's a seventh oh, yeah. man. You seen what this dude's doing? Like, He's a lock. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but like, if he had a bad preseason, I'm not sure if he would be. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's, it, that'll be interesting. I think that'll hopefully be a big part of what we find out in these next two games. Yeah. And like, we've seen so much of them already. We talked about it last pod, but that second preseason game against the Knicks was so much fun. Cause we just got like, we got to see so much of our reserves, but we haven't seen enough yeah. of them, uh, meshing and gelling with our key rotation right. players. So we don't know what that fit's going to look like. So that's really important. The next couple of games. I do have a bonus one, Spoonie, but do you have any you know, unmentioned bonus points before we wrap up? I do not, please. The Drew one is my un- unmentioned bonus point. <laughs> okay, so got it. Please. Right. Well, one unfinished point of business so far this preseason uh, that could still happen is the re-signing of this gentleman. Tatum goes to the screen, gets one from White. Now he gets to White. Oh! Come on, make, make it so. <laughs> you want your I was not man. expecting that. <laughs> uh, that's, he's taking Luke's job if he comes yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, we've got two open roster spots technically uh, in terms of like, yeah. unguaranteed contracts. So it could happen. Will it happen? I'm not sure. But Spoonie, this has been fun. A nice shorter <laughs> one today. We, we yeah. said we'd try and stick under half an hour at 32 minutes now. So that's record time for us. That is going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back drawing the winner of our five-star Walshie competition on the next podcast. So you have maybe 24 hours to enter if you haven't already. To do so, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Extra points for humor and creativity there. The winner will get their very own Walshie jersey in the mail. Spoonie, love your work, mate. Until next time, go Celtics. <laughs>